probably poking some fun and they said, you know, why are you vegetarian? And if I remember right, she said something really simple, just like, I love animals. And I remember sort of walking by and thinking, wait, my identity is that I love animals, but I eat meat. <laughs> like, is that, what, what does that mean? And it took me a little while and I finally decided like, all right, I need to, I need to own up on this. If I love animals as much as I say I do, I need to learn. I owe it to them to learn what is happening and I need to Hi friends, welcome to Follow Your Kind Podcast. My name is Christina and that was Andy Tompkins. Andy Tompkins is an executive director at Full Circle Farm Sanctuary. You may remember on the last episode I interviewed Kayla Swope, who is the animal care manager at Full Circle. Full Circle is the nonprofit organization. It's a farm sanctuary located about hour, hour and a half south from Atlanta. As they say on their website, and you can check it out at fullcirclefarmsanctuary.org, they are a safe haven for rescued farmed animals who otherwise would be lost, suffering, and forgotten. They provide a loving, forever home for precious individuals, animals desperately in need of, of refuge. So back to Andy. Andy has completed her education at Auburn University. She actually has a doctorate in cognitive and behavioral science. So that is Dr. Andy Tompkins. And specifically, she studied animal cognition and dog-human bond. In this conversation, she shares her story about how she came, as she says, full circle to become an executive manager for this beautiful nonprofit. We talk about some of the perceived barriers that we think uh, that prevent people from making a connection between their love for animals and what's on their plate. Um, and then finally, of course, she shares uh, some cool facts about Full Circle Farm Sanctuary and some really exciting upcoming events that perhaps you may be able to attend. If you would like to learn more about their work or volunteer or see how you can contribute to the work that they do in any way, check out their website. It's fullcirclefarmsanctuary.org. And if uh, you are local to Atlanta, maybe I will see you tomorrow at the Game Changers Social Cafe Sunflower. And Andy and her team will be there as well. So come say hi if you'll be there. I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, yeah, have a wonderful day. Welcome to another episode of Follow Your Kind podcast. And today I'm delighted to have Andy Tompkins, who is an executive director of Full Circle Farm Sanctuary. Hi, Andy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for finding the time and jumping in the show. I know we just laughed about how big your position actually is. And I'm sure <laughs> it's easy. So I'm grateful that you were able to find the time for this. Oh, I'm thrilled. You are such an incredible supporter of Full Circle. We're so grateful for you, and uh, I'm grateful that you would consider having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm really excited about our conversation today, and uh, for the listeners, uh, you'll probably know that a week before you heard the story from Kayla, and uh, with you, I'd really to li like to focus more on just kind of in and out of operating at Full Circle or Farm Sanctuary in general, uh, kind of how our listeners can be of help to Full Circle and just Farm Sanctuaries around the country. But most importantly, first, I'd like to dive into your story because it always is what inspires me the most are the personal stories and how people are finding themselves following their passion and following their heart in the work that they do because I think it truly is a gift 
um, and it's quite unique nowadays. So mm -hmm. um, let's get into your story. Where, where are you from and kind of how, what got you on this path? All right, so I am from Noonan, Georgia. Um, it's actually just about uh, 50 minutes north of the sanctuary, so I sort of came full circle, truly, in my life. <laughs> um, I grew up in Noonan, um, and I have to just like give all the, the credit um, of my empowerment to follow my heart to my parents. Um, they always nurtured whatever I was into and it just happened to be that like I was the bookworm and I loved learning and um, always loved animals and at every turn if I sort of came up against like what I what I should do but what my heart told me to do they were just like you know follow your heart do what you know is right do good by people and it will work out and um, as a kid I was the typical animal lover kid. I wanted to be a vet and, you know, I wanted to um, rescue animals and have hundreds of acres and rescue animals. And, um, you know, it, I was not raised in a vegetarian or vegan family. I myself did not become vegan um, until my early twenties. And um, I sort of followed that path of like, I love dogs and I was able to work through that. Um, started focusing on um, how to rehabilitate dogs if they had behavioral problems or if they'd been in abusive situations. And that sort of guided me to in college, um, which was gonna be animal behavior. I moved from the zoology track to psychology track and in that was able to find my graduate school um, focus of animal cognition. And in that, everything was just sort of evolving. I identified as an animal lover and that sort of eventually caused me to call myself out <laughs> and say well if you love animals maybe you should change some of your own behaviors that's uh, so interesting that you pursued the official education that as well yeah and I want to backtrack just for a second so you said yeah. that pretty early on you said you identified as an animal lover where do you remember where do you think that came what did where did you think that come from um I think my family, largely, we always had dogs, and we had a cat, and my mom um, would always tell me stories about growing up around her donkeys, and um, she had, you know, a cow, and my dad had worked around um, larger animals as well, and I think I just felt, I was a shy kid, and I think like a lot of shy kids, I identified and felt connected with the type of relationship you can have with somebody who's not judging you and not requiring you to speak <laughs> to them. You know, mm -hmm. it's just commonality of we're both existing in the space together and I feel peace in this. Um, That's and, so interesting. Yeah, and it, it um, I mean, as far as I know, as early as I could love animals and want animals around me, I did. Um, it definitely helped my early life. I guess when I was about six or seven, um, I was walking with my mom and we saw this, we thought it was just like a miniature, it looked like a little dinosaur and it turned out it was a squirrel. <laughs> it was what? Yes. It was a baby squirrel that had fallen out of the nest and it was making these little awful sounds. And, um, in that process, I got to watch my dad nurture this little baby, use an eyedropper and, you know, get it back to health and eventually off to a rehabber. But I remember thinking like my dad was this 
incredibly nurturing person to people. He was a pastor and um, he, he helped so many people. And then seeing him with this like itty bitty little helpless animal and he gave just as much care to that little animal as he did to people. I was like, there's something to this. Like the little animals, big and small animals deserve everything that we can offer to them if we can help them. Um, and I think that was sort of the spirit that I was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to be able to give anything I can to, um, to animals in particular. I, I struggle sometimes with um, applying that same tenderness to people. I think that's like my life goal is to, to, <laughs> to work through, um, you know, people just as, as I do with animals. But um, yeah, I think it was just a progression of, at every turn, if there was an opportunity to help animals or to be sensitive to them, um, I wanted to do that. And it took a little while for it to catch up and make me rethink, you know, the food on my plate, um, which I think it takes a lot of us a little longer than it seems like it should. But um, yeah, it was, it was always sort of natural. Um, above all else, I wanted to be around animals. Mm -hmm. So fast forward now that you're going through your education, as you said, you started making that connection between kind of calling yourself out, as you said, as an animal lover and then making that connection to your plate. Do you remember what was the pivotal moment there and what did your transition look like? I don't remember the exact moment, but a few things do stick out to me. So um, I, I think, you know, in college and undergrad, you sort of have an identity and your identity is really important. You're becoming your own person. And a large part of my identity was I loved animals and I loved, you know, collected little squirrel and owl figurines. And I love these animals and, um, you know, my dogs. And um, I started thinking like, uh, I feel like I keep hearing about vegetarians and vegans and, you know, they've got some other perspective, but I don't know if I want to learn about that yet. And I was out with some friends one night and I remember um, a girl named Jennifer who I've since lost contact with. We were never super close, but she, I always admired how honest she was with herself, how um, authentic she was. And somebody was sort of grilling her for being vegetarian. I think they were probably poking some fun and they said, you know, why are you vegetarian? And if I remember right, she said something really simple, just like, I love animals. And I remember sort of walking by and thinking, wait, my identity is that I love animals, but I eat meat. <laughs> like, is that, what, what does that mean? And it took me a little while and I finally decided like, all right, I need to, I need to own up on this. If I love animals as much as I say I do, I need to learn. I owe it to them to learn what is happening and I need to act on that knowledge. And um, I decided to try vegetarian. The first day I tried vegetarian, um, my parents, um, some of my friends and I went to see my parents and they did a cookout for us and they had like veggie burgers and I knew I was trying um, this out. So they had catered to it. And without even thinking, I just grabbed a chicken wing. And like two hours later, one of my friends was like, I thought you were trying vegetarian. And that to me reminds me every single time I'm out with somebody who's maybe not thinking about what's on their plate. I'm like it's so hard mm. to evaluate what's going on and it takes time to learn and, you know, rethink what's on your plate. Um, yeah. as 
aligning with your values. So it was, it was a journey, but I'm so glad I went on it. And it's so interesting, as you say, because it's, first of all, it's a habit. We've been conditioned. We, most of us grow up eating that way. So we don't even, we don't even think that's how we walk. You know, that's where we take the trash out and that, that's what we eat. That's what usually is on our plate. A lot of people like don't even think in those categories. So once kind of you're, you have the realization, the wheels start turning, it definitely, a lot of times, for some people not, maybe, but for some people, it still takes time to, be, to transition. So it's helpful to also be understanding of that for other people. But I also want to point out something that you said that I found interesting, uh, that before you uh, took, put an effort into trying out vegetarian and learning about that, you said something like um, that you knew that vegetarian was a thing, but you didn't think that you were ready to learn about it yet. And I find it so interesting how many of us, and I think that's where some of the resistance comes from, that many of us subconsciously know that it's not all aligned. If we do truly love animals and we do truly want to identify as kind and compassionate beings, eating meat just does not align with those values, but we kind of, we're afraid to let that resurface. And that's why like we put, continuously put a little effort to keep it down. But subconsciously, we do know. Yeah, absolutely. I think I love hanging out with little kids around the dinner table because they will honestly say like, wait, that's a, that's an animal. I don't want to eat that. You know, like it's so simple for them. And over time, um, and you know, we could talk about all of the evils of marketing and how mm-hmm. uh, sort of suppressed for us, like by the time it reaches our plate, it's, you know, you can't distinguish it as an animal. You'd have to really think about it. And uh, I love, especially, being around um one of my nephews has always asked that question like wait is this an animal like I don't I'm not going to eat that if um you're telling me that's an animal and he'll always eat vegan with me and try it out and I think it's very it's a simple thing that we've made really complicated and it's you know with the expansion of how our culture works going to the grocery store and all the options it's sort of hard to fight it um, when you're trying to be cognizant. Um, you know, people will joke about how vegans can read ingredients um, lists really quickly. And, you know, they're constantly eyeing the ingredients list. And it's like, even the terms on the ingredients list don't say animal. You have to learn a lot. And I think it's hard for people to dive in because they know it's going to be work and they know it's going to change their hearts. And we're all apprehensive when we see something coming towards us and we're thinking this is going to change who I am as a person. Is that person going to be better than I am now? And am I ready to mm-hmm. do that? It's scary, I, but it's worth it. I absolutely love what you said. Uh, it's a simple thing that we made really complicated. And it's so true because a lot of people think all oh, vegan or plant-based, it's so complicated. I don't know where to start. And they truly may not know where to start right now, but it's it really is so much easier than people think. It is so much easier. You just eat veggies, grains, and mushrooms and fruit all day. It's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. I told someone um, recently who was going to try um, vegetarian and maybe dabble in vegan. And um, I went ahead and I said, you know, people are going to ask you, where do you get your protein? And I said, the easiest answer that I've ever heard, and one of my favorites is, I get it from the same place the cow would have gotten it, you know, and we make it so complicated. We're thinking like, oh, you're going to have to take protein supplements and you've got to know which beans have protein. It's like, 
just eat, just eat and enjoy your food, eat good food, eat healthy, um, and nourish your body and you'll be fine. It's not, it's not <laughs> complicated, but, but we do make it more complicated than it needs to be. I love it. And you really, if you really think down to like the substance of the questions people would ask you, like, where do you get your protein or, you know, whatever your vitamins and stuff. And like, in the, at the end of the day, a lot of people don't even know exactly what prote- protein is or what it's for. And I love, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it many times, but I love when um, it's, it's like everybody, people know nothing about nutrition and diet until you tell them that you're a vegan. And then they'll tell you all about the things that you should eat and all about the things that you're missing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the deficiencies you have, the diseases you're now setting yourself up for. And, and it's funny being on this side of it because you're like, I want you to be healthy and feel as good as I feel. And, you know, it's it's kind of mind boggling to get those questions because you're like, I'm healthier than I've ever been. Or, you know, this food is really nourishing. And if only you knew what was in your food, but it's, it's tricky because you, you know, it's, I do think it's really important to give people the grace and the, the patience and the time to let them explore at their own pace, you know, always be a resource. But um, I try to think back to that chicken wing that I grabbed the day I said I was going vegetarian. Just um, once the curtains pulled back and we have all this information, it's super easy for us. But for folks who haven't had that experience yet, um, it's really something that I think you have to invest in and you have to buy into yourself. It's, um, It's not easy to push someone into that direction. You have to sort of Put out the put out the carrots and um, see if they they take it. Yeah, that's so true. And at the end of the day, again, being you know accusatory and telling people how they are not right and how they don't know anything about nutrition doesn't really help anybody either, right? So the yeah. best thing the best thing you can do is lead by example. And what what I what I try to do is be set myself in the position where if anybody had a question or wasn't sure or wanted to try the lifestyle I want to make sure that they never think of me as intimidating or a bully or anything like that but rather think of me as a source of information as somebody they can come to questions with and it's it's a privilege to be able to share any of the resources with them it is it is loving people goes a long way (laughs) That's true. So where, what does the transition look like for you then? So you try vegetarian, where does the vegan come in? The um, vegan came in really quickly because I never, I was never much of the person who would have like, um, you know, milk at breakfast or, um, you know, the, the cheese transition actually didn't bother me much at all. Um, so I started buying almond milk. I liked the taste. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, I told myself, okay, baby steps, I'm going to be vegan, but maybe not when I go out to restaurants. But it was interesting, um, because the second I said that when I went out to restaurants and was like, okay, I can eat vegetarian here. I didn't want to, because I knew then like my, my body was changing. My perspective was changing. And I was like, no, this is the lifestyle that it makes me feel whole. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm more part of this universe that I want to be connected to. I want to feel like my place is a good one, that I'm walking gently on the earth. It was just, everything sort of tumbled together really nicely. Um, 
and it helped because I did get some prodding um, probably from those same friends that were prodding the girl about um, being an animal lover, but they, they said, oh, you'll be done with this in a few months. And I think that really made me think like, wait, am I, am I in a stage or is like this part of who I am now? And that helped me connect with, no, this is, this is who I am and it's who I'm going to be. And I think it's one of the most important things that had happened in my life that I was willing to lean into that change. And I'm so grateful I did. That's so beautiful. I love the language you used to the about walking gently and being more connected than you were before. I really think I really can relate to that too. I really think that's what helped me uh, transition and, and stay in the lifestyle as well, because it's almost like we're we're unlearning things that were not really serving us in the in the first place, and it takes so much less effort to not to have to keep up those mental gymnastics of reasoning out somehow why eating meat is is normal and okay and even like healthy for you quote unquote and i do feel so much more um connected with myself and so much more connected with nature too and it's just it's it's pretty liberating it is it is and i think everybody um and you know maybe i'm primed for it because i just got back from a hike but I think everybody goes out and they, they have those moments of feeling connected or admiring how small they are in the world or admiring the, the birds chirping around have a completely different existence than us. But I think when you're trying to live this, you know, harmonious lifestyle, you're able to appreciate the lives that they lead even more and be even more in awe of their experience in the world. Um, and I, there's no guilt, you know, you don't have to feel like, Oh, I do need to rationalize why I think this bird is beautiful, but the chicken is okay to eat. Um, I think it, it opens your eyes to how magnificent every species is and how, um, how unique they are and their capabilities and how, being human is, is cool, but we're not all that, you know, we're not the, we're not the brightest or the most important. It's really nice to just level out and say, we, we all matter here. That's so beautiful. I'm curious to know more about the, again, the transition from vegetarian to vegan, how, what was the motivation for you? Uh, like where was that the fact finding mission or, or just a natural transition to eliminating dairy and fish as well what what was what was happening in your mind I I wish I remembered more um I do think I was like I said sort of leaning into reading things that I wouldn't have read before learning about the industry and I was vegan well before I saw any documentaries or um was really exposed to the more graphic footage. So mm-hmm. it's transitioning from vegetarian to vegan. I think it was really just reading snippets of, okay, yeah, you can cut out meat and, you know, it, it's easy to visualize why meat is mm-hmm. or why it's painful, why I can empathize with the idea that someone is being murdered. But with vegetarian, you know, you're sort of like, okay, but cheese. <laughs> and I think it was just stumbling upon information that said, no, it's, it's actually quite bad to be in the situation where you're being used for cheese or milk. Um, 
or eggs, you know? And I think I was like, well, if I'm willing to, to change behaviors because I don't want animals to be hurt and they're still being hurt and I can change my behavior to make sure nothing I'm doing is causing harm um, in terms of what's on my dinner plate, then I'm, I want to do that. Like I want to feel, continue to feel like I'm contributing something or at least I'm not um, creating a situation where someone's being harmed. And it's interesting because I, you know, went, I think like a lot of us, I then transitioned to vegan for food. And then I was like learning more about cruelty-free and cosmetics and, you know, even what um, I'm still on that journey of reducing plastic and now thinking about other ways that my actions have consequences on down the line. And um, yeah, I think it was just sort of as my heart was ready, I was taking the information in and eventually I was able to do something with that, get all the way to vegan and realize there's no going back from this. I feel wonderful. Um, it's, I think, hard for us sometimes because I do look back on all of the time that I spent doing those mental gymnastics and um, not being accepting of that information. But that reminds me to be patient with others and to learn them and let them um, take that journey when they're ready. But like you said, be a resource and try to, it actually helps my attitude a lot because sometimes, you know, we all get grumpy and we get attitudes. And um, I think sometimes, certainly for myself, I can get a little arrogant. And then I look back and I'm like, no, we all have a journey. We're all on this. Just be kind to people, love on them. And eventually, you know, you might have the opportunity to be the example that they say, there's something different going on in her head and in her lifestyle. And I want to, I want a piece of that. So um, it takes time, but it's worth it. What does vegan mean to you? Being vegan to me, um, that's an incredible question. And I'm trying to think of, it's, I'm going back to like, this is my identity in a lot of ways. I think it's just caring about your actions. And to me, caring about my actions means, am I hurting anyone? Or, you know, is the way that I'm living a peaceful one is it one that's going to harm someone else or not um, and that's a journey I'm always on and I will always make mistakes on but I think my take on you know we all know vegan means abstaining from animal products but I think for me it's also respecting the the lives of others such that chickens, the experience of chickens, the experience of cows is something that we might not ever be able to understand, but it's so valuable. And if we're going to say that dogs and cats and even guinea pigs as pets, you know, have, are so interesting and they, they have this wonderful experience and so much to offer and so much that we can learn from, uh, just applying that to everybody. I think it's valuable. Um, I think it's letting everyone know their own experiences and be given the opportunity to experience life like they want to. Hmm. That's so beautiful. Okay, so you went from vegetarian to being vegan, and then how does your um, the career? How does that? How does your path fold into full circle? 
it's um, it's kind of wild. I, I did not see it coming until it was right here. So um, I went to school, uh, studied animal cognition. I focused on human-animal interaction and the dog-human bond. So I am trained as a researcher. And um, what? I, that's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, so my background is 100% um, experimental psychology. So I, um, I'm always asking questions and I want to see the data. And um, it's a fun way to explore the world. I, I'm really grateful for the education that I got um, in that program. So I graduated, I um, did research in animal assisted therapy after I got my doctorate. And I always knew that if I had the opportunity to enter the animal rights movement, I was going to, like that was a hard thing. Like I hadn't seen my opening yet, but I knew that if it happened, I couldn't say no to that. I could not um, let my heart follow that. And um, in November of last year, I found out that Full Circle was hiring and I went for it. And I'm so glad that it was just like, a, I let my heart just guide me there. I didn't think too much of it. You know, I travel a lot for this job. I'm not based in Warm Springs and it's totally worth it because if you do what you know you should do, everything else falls into place. Like things that on paper look like it just wouldn't work, it does if you're just true to yourself. Oh my God. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm admiring what you're saying, but I'm still blown away by the fact that you have a doctorate. This is amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. It's, I think um, I, I, I'm glad I have the doctorate, but honestly, it was just like, I love learning so much that it was just like the natural progression for me. I think anybody is anybody who wants a doctorate can get it. Like you just have to, it's more about um, perseverance and being willing to sort of dive into the nitty gritty that is sort of required of you. Um, but yeah, I was so fascinated by the field that I was in and there's the cool thing about um, research is that you're never done asking questions and that's just the most invigorating way to have a career is knowing that like you never know everything and there's always more to learn and that's helped me in my career of course but also with people it's helped me realize like even if you think you know and you have all the answers you've still got to dig a little bit deeper and be willing to accept that you don't know everything you don't know the whole story. There's always more to learn. Um, so yeah, I, if I could have stayed in school like my entire life and just, learned, um, I probably would have, but, um, you pick you out at some point. So, uh, but yeah, and Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, being at Auburn, um, I did undergrad and grad there and that's how I found full circle as a volunteer when I was in grad school. Um, I was finishing up grad school. It was my last year and I found full circle, was able to volunteer and life took me elsewhere um, after that. But it was such a cool experience to have been vegan for several years, but then found a place that like, oh, like this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what life is supposed to look like for these animals. And I, that's what I love about sanctuaries is 
being vegan can be hard. It can be taxing to learn all that information about animal agriculture and going to a sanctuary is that reset button to say, okay, good things are happening here and I'm part of this. Okay, I, I wanted to I want to dive deeper into the full circle, but just right before we do that, I want to talk just a little bit more about your degree. So how do you think, because I think um, it's not as usual, right, to have, uh, to, to be in a position kind of like yours, or maybe it is, maybe I just don't know, or to be like, to, to have a career of, a, of an activist and um, supporting the vegan movement, but at the same time have that research background. I think it's quite dynamic combo. How, do you, how does like, that background serve you in the work that you do today? Do you find it helpful? Yeah. Yes. And I'm, I, I think um, as part of like my future vision, I definitely want to apply more research to sanctuaries because I think it's owed. You know, we, we know they work. We know sanctuaries. Um, Rachel McChrystal at Woodstock Sanctuary always says uh, sanctuaries are vegan makers. And we know it. We hear about it. But um, I think there's a lot of opportunity to go in and show that when people come to a sanctuary, something is changing. It's not, it's very spiritual, but there's also behavior change that's happening there. And if you can dive in and sort of see what's actually changing, how is their thing, how are their behaviors gonna change later, what sticks, what parts of the sanctuary really drive people to have a psychological shift, what's going on in their brains, I think there's a lot of opportunity there to ask those questions. And, you know, for better or worse, when you say that research is conducted, it sort of elevates the message that you're trying to give. And if you can say, no, I have the data, I can tell you this works and here's why it works and how it works. I think people would really respond to that. Skeptics respond to that. And sort of going back to the mental gymnastics that you mentioned, people will find their way out of something until they see it on paper in front of themselves and go, okay, the day it was there. Okay, you're right. (laughs) You've got proof. Um, And at Full Circle, I think how it's served me so far is just asking the questions, asking, you know, I, I think Full Circle does such incredible work. Our team is amazing. And we're all asking those research questions. Okay, how can we make sure that we're delivering the type of outreach and the type of education that people are going to respond to. Um, So I think it's just a great way for anyone, um, trained researcher or not, just to take the path of always asking, like, how can I accelerate this? How can I do better at this? Um, How can I uncover what's actually happening in the scenario rather than just sort of gliding through it? Like, if you're going to be curious be curious, like let yourself always ask those questions um, because I think you learn a lot about yourself in that process. I love this. I love this. I've never, well, I'm thinking about it now, but I don't think I thought about potential. And as you said, for like future, for behavior change for people, but also for effectiveness for animals uh, from the perspective of farm sanctuaries, but really why not? So I'm getting my master's in public health right now. So I'm kind of like on the same 
kind of wavelength in terms of like research and behavioral change and diffusion of innovation. I'm sure you heard about that theory too. And it's like, yes, at the beginning, you know, the, the first movers, they maybe they don't need as much data. They're just excited to try on new things and new concepts. But at some point in order to make significant change and in order for any idea to spread and gain momentum, as you said, for like early adapters or laggers, you need some proof right? You need some evidence. Mm -hmm. And what a better way to do that than just backing it up by research. And then based on that, you're also able to make decisions to optimize your quote unquote processes and really highlight those areas or enrich those interactions within farm sanctuaries, for example, that help people to make those connections. They help those the, their brains to, to, to click, to do the switch thing what, that helps them realize what's happening and how being kind and not uh, inflicting suffering on animals can go everywhere, not just to their pets, quote unquote, but also the farm animals as well. Yeah, yeah, I think um, asking those questions also helps the folks who, you know, may not be able to identify with you or with me right off the bat if we say, oh, I went to this sanctuary and I feel different or I've had these experiences. Um, and I think being able to recognize that from the sanctuary's perspective to say, okay, how do we reach different types of people? But then from that person who is maybe getting that information, maybe reading our research in the future and saying, oh, this doesn't just apply to like animal lover Andy or animal lover Tina that I met on the street. I kind of want these benefits. Like, you know, these people are, maybe we'll find that people who go to sanctuaries, their behavior change also includes that they just are living healthier overall. Maybe it's not just about the sanctuary that they went to, or maybe they're feeling a lot more fulfilled after that. You know, if we can show everything that sanctuaries have to offer. Um, I think anecdote is so powerful. It certainly was powerful for me in my journey, but um, I think different types of people take information in differently. And if we can apply, uh, apply um, research in a way that we can give our message more broadly and to people who maybe think differently or need different types of information in order to buy in, why not? And we can keep asking questions and learning more information. It's just a fun process in itself. I love this. I love this. Okay, so let's talk more about uh, Full Circle. And I, I'd like to start uh, by reading the mission statement uh, from the website mm -hmm. from Full Circle, because I just think, I, I mean, it's so profound and all-encompassing. So uh, at Full Circle Farm Sanctuary on their website, it's fullcirclefarmsanctuary.org, and they have uh, a little bit about the sanctuary and then also their mission. And the mission states, we acknowledge that farmed animals are among the most abused animals on the planet. Full Circle Farm Sanctuary exists, exists to counter the undeniable cruelty and exploitation inherent within animal agriculture, providing loving lifetime homes for individual farmed animals who otherwise would face horrific suffering and premature deaths. Further, we exist to educate the public on the beauty, dignity, and worth of all animals through interactions with our residents. We acknowledge that the best way to alleviate animal suffering, sustain the environment, prevent world hunger, support social justice, and improve human health is to embrace the compassionate vegan lifestyle. It is so beautiful and so encompassing. And I also love the fact that you're 
priorities are also stated clearly so that it starts with the health and well-being of animals first and then it's also about education and you do mention the the sustainability and and human health and social justice as well but then you also have that clear list of priorities and the residents of full circle farm sanctuary are at the top of it yeah i think i think that's so valuable um for the community to know about us but also i when i'm speaking about our mission the very best feeling i have is to be able to say all of these residents at full circle farm sanctuary this is their home we're providing them a safe and loving space for the rest of their lives and um i just can't get over how lucky we are to be able to offer that like we are able to go to work every day and give something to these animals that you know, the world really does not value them. And it feels so right to be able to say, hey, we're gonna dedicate ourselves to making sure that first and foremost, your life is a beautiful one and you're able to live your life the way you want to. And that in and of itself, people just being able to see that being a sanctuary that we invite the education and outreach component. We want people to come see this. Um, I think it feels natural to everyone once you're in that space to like, yes, let's do what we can to make sure that these animals are able to live the way that they deserve and that they would like to and that, um, you know, naturally their behaviors guide them to. And I think that's important, um, an important distinction of how people typically interact with animals. So, um, you know, I don't think people, when they're going to zoos or aquariums or petting zoos, are thinking, hey, I'm going to pay so that this animal can entertain me. But when you go to a sanctuary, you're able to see, wow, so this is different. Like, I'm coming to their space, and if they want to interact with me, oh my gosh, that's such a gift. Like, the animals at Full Circle, a lot of them do want to run up and say hello and interact with the people. And when you give someone the choice to interact with you and want to be in a space with you, that feels so much better than being in a position where you're forcing that. And I think that's one of the most beautiful experiences we have at the sanctuary is realizing that um, the animals don't have to interact with us. None of the residents are forced to interact, but when they do, it's like, wow. That makes me feel good, you know, that um, this group of animals can do whatever they want to do. They're autonomous, um, but I'm able to spend time with them, either admiring them from afar or actually getting to know them one-on-one. -on -one. I love that. I love that concept. And I also love how you speak about the farm sanctuary being their home. It feels it feels so warm and right, as you said, when when you talk about it like that. And so again, juxtaposing it with, with a zoo or a circle. It's like when you come to a farm sanctuary, you come to somebody, someone's home. So you're a guest, you operate on their terms and, you know, you show respect to the host. So you're, you're not, you know, they're not there to entertain you, as you said, and that's such, it makes, I'm sure it makes such a big difference. Can you talk a little bit more about just the concept of farm sanctuaries overall and what do you think the beauty of it is and what are some of the valuable components or principles that, that um, make it so? 
I think, um, and this will largely be from my own perspective, I think the, the benefits and what farm sanctuaries have to offer is just so massive and broad that, you know, we could talk for days about the individual facets of how sanctuaries are having an impact. I think um, all of the sanctuaries, you know, the, the priority is giving, um, giving a space for animals to be autonomous, to have a safe, um, fulfilling life. That's a, that's a priority for all of us. Um, and I think in return, it's really offering communities the opportunity to experience other species differently. So I, again, going back to um, what I was always interested in, I don't think that when people think of food animals, you know, they're, they're thinking of animal agriculture and maybe, maybe they're thinking like, oh, pigs are cute babies, but you know, they're never going to actually dive into what being a pig is like. Um, and I think a lot of the messaging around animal agriculture and fighting animal agriculture is so painful and so negative that people aren't going to give themselves to that very easily. You know, it takes time for you to say, I'm ready to receive this information that's really graphic. It's really painful to either read or watch. And at sanctuaries, you see the other side of that coin. It's just as important because it's fighting animal agriculture. It's saying this is wrong and we're going to show you how to do it correctly. This is how you're supposed to interact with animals. Um, but it gives that peaceful opportunity for people to come into their space and say, oh, this is, this is right. And I think it takes a lot of the fear and a lot of the negativity out of the messaging that we're trying to get across. I think everything has a place in the animal rights movement. I think it's really important that we acknowledge how painful everything is, how, how unjust animal agriculture is, but sanctuaries offer the opportunity to take a breath. For if you're already vegan, if you're already in animal rights, you can go and see, okay, this is why I'm doing it. This has so much purpose. And if you're not, it's an easy introduction. You're not going to be judged at a sanctuary. You're not going to have to go through anything that's really traumatizing. Um, you might have an experience there where you're starting to connect the dots, and it's an emotional experience if you do start connecting those dots. But it's such a gentle way for people to learn. And I think um, people need that. It's hard to change, and if you can introduce them to a concept in a very nurturing way, it's super rewarding and it pays off. I love that. What comes up for me too is uh, I'm sure we can learn all about how the things work, right? And we can read all the facts. And but I think like when we turn on, and I'm, I was just learning about it, and like one of the books I'm reading for school, so. Uh, when we turn on our intellectual side that is responsible for the facts and the numbers and the statistics, our emotional side kind of goes down. But I think going to the farm sanctuary and having that immersive experience, uh, 
I think it takes us to the very base ground level of raw feeling and emotion. And instead of learning about the things, we see things and experience things and feel things for what they are. So like, I know we talked a little bit before we started recording about uh, the the nature and being nature in, in nature, how healing of experience it is. Well, being at the farm sanctuary, it's like that times 10, right? Because you are in nature, but you're also among this beautiful beings who have a privilege and, and that what that is their right to be completely themselves in that environment where they are safe and cared for. And that you don't you don't normally see and again like you take all the facts and numbers and statistics out of it and you're just able to be there to be present and to be in nature with this beautiful being so i think it's such a completely different experience and i'm sure it may a lot of times be more effective than any kind of like reasoning or even documentaries um, because you don't have to get in the defensive mode as well for people is that something that you see yeah i think um exactly what you're saying it takes you to a different space where i think we're all a little bit more peaceful and we're all a little bit more open um i mean it's it's so healing to be around all of the residents of full circle and i think it like you're saying it takes you to a different level where you're just immersing yourself and you're letting yourself feel that experience one of my favorite um areas of study that actually was not my area, um, the concept of any, any being's umwelt, so their experience, what it's like to be someone else. And I think at a farm sanctuary, you're able to go out and look out into the pasture and see the herd of cows, you know, and maybe um, little Kelsey the cow is having lunch and just being there and taking the time to hear about his experience, but also watch him in current and real time, you're able to take that step and say, what's it like to be Kelsey? And even more importantly, what's it like to be a cow who isn't Kelsey, who is in animal agriculture? And those are the things that we're not going to stand there and say, like, you know, we'll on the tours, people do learn about animal agriculture, but we're not placing any judgment on people. We're not saying you're a bad person for this. And these people aren't bad. They just don't know, right? We've all had the privilege now of having learned this information, but that person in that moment is able to take the information in when their guard is down. Mm-hmm. They have something so peaceful to contrast that information with. And I think if you're given the two alternatives right in front of you, the information is powerful, but also the experience is powerful. And I think that's what starts to change people's hearts is, no, I, this, Kelsey, this experience that Kelsey is having is what I want for everyone. And uh, I think having your guard down, being open, feeling peace, and feeling a sense of being able to make an impact, all of those things just collide at a farm sanctuary. And people are going to be affected, I think. And maybe um, it's different for every single person, but all the cards fall together in that experience. And that's why I love farm sanctuaries so much. Um, It's just an experience that it's hard to put into words, but um, it's moving and it, like Rachel McChrystal said, Sanctuaries are vegan makers. 
I love it. Tell us more about your role as an executive director and what are you focusing on right now within Full Circle? Sure. So I would say, um, first of all, I think my role as the executive director is so largely just giving the team the tools that they need. So we have the most incredible team at Full Circle. Um, Courtney and Kayla lead their two departments. Kayla, of course, leads animal care, and Courtney leads education and outreach. And then everybody on those teams, Ricky, Amy, Carly, um, Emma, and Aaron, every single person on that team has something that really drives them within this movement. And they're all so unique and so different, but they're all working towards the same path. And my, the favorite part of my job is that I can sit down with any or all of them and say, hey, how, how do you see this changing? Like, use your skill set based on what you're interested in and what your background is. What can we do to change things? So when I first got to Full Circle, um, you know, Amy, for instance, has a background in organic gardening. I was like, well, what does that mean for us? And she has all these ideas of how we can evolve in Full Circle to grow produce that the animals can have. And, um, you know, every single person on the team has something unique to bring to the table. And my job, in my position, I'm able to empower them and say, all right, let's do it. Like, I don't have the information that you have. I don't have the skill set that you have for this. How can I help you and give you the resources and give you the leverage to make an impact? And um, I'm so grateful to just be able to make it my position and purpose that I'm able to empower them. Um, and I would be nothing without them, but they're, they're just really incredible. I'm so grateful for them. Um, so my role aside from, you know, bringing all of these great minds together is making sure that, you know, the operation side, the, some of the more technical aspects are going the way that they should so that the team can focus on their priorities. Um, I, everyone takes on so much. It's such a heart driven uh, line of work and it's exhausting. The animal care team is working constantly in heat and in extreme cold and, you know, giving their all to caring for the animals. And Courtney and Ricky over in um, education and outreach are constantly going and tabling at festivals or, you know, working on um, our content and social media and pouring themselves into um, making sure that our message is heard. And I can step back and say, okay, um, long-term strategy, how do we make sure that we're on the right keep the momentum going? How do we reach more people? How do I give you guys the tools that you need to accomplish all that? And then in the back end, of course, um, you know, are we using donor money wisely? Are we being good stewards of the support that we have? Um, so there's a lot of financial consideration in running a sanctuary, consciously, uh, constantly being conscientious of how we're using money because none of it is ours as people. It's this. Mm -hmm. So every dollar that we spend, we're trying to make sure that it goes to serve the residents and the movement uh, and make an impact. 
So my role changes every single day. I never know who I'm going to be on the phone with. Um, it's quite funny. I was telling somebody the other day in the, I guess I'm coming up on almost 10 months of being in this role. I had no idea that I would learn so much about construction and, you know, working with contractors and calling um, support for different things. And I've, I'm so grateful because it's taught me so much about um, being super flexible. You have to be super flexible and roll with the punches uh, quite a bit. Um, but I've also met so many cool people that I never would have interacted with had I just sort of stayed in my bubble and not been in positions where I'm like, no, something needs to get done. I've got to figure out really quickly, um, you know, how to hay barns work, how to hay barn garage doors work. Like, <laughs> you know, I've got to find somebody to help me with this. So um, it's a cool role. It changes every single day. And that's why I have such a hard time thinking of, you know, what the role looks like exactly. But I think the most valuable part um, is of course, being able to leverage resources in my team and um, sort of get everybody in a room together to help animals. Like, what a dream, right? Like, <laughs> coolest job ever. I love it. I know you mentioned at the beginning that you also wanted to talk about um, or mention the support of the close surrounding geographical community that you have in Warm, Warm Springs. Why don't we talk about that? Yes, I would love to, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, I think Warm Springs is like the least likely place for a farm sanctuary. Um, it's it's so beautiful out there, and um, it's a sort of a sleepy rural town, like good people out there, but very unassuming. Um, and, you know, the sanctuary is sitting there, and we're surrounded by traditional farms. There's a cattle farm right down the road. There's a steakhouse down the road. Um, it's a very, very deeply um, Southern and agricultural community. And just the most moving thing um, has been that even though we are probably the last people that the Warm Springs residents ever expected to show up in their town, they're so kind and so warm and willing to sort of step in with us and say, how can we help? We don't totally understand what you're doing here. You know, you don't totally buy in, but like you're doing something good. We can tell that you're doing something good. And you and I were talking earlier about how, you know, if people see that you are truly working from a place of heart and a place of passion, they're gonna pick up on that. So even if they don't get it, and even if on paper, they'd be like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. They can recognize it and say, you know what, that whatever you're doing must be for the greater good. So like, can I help? Um, and it all started, I had been at Full Circle for one month and we were asking for Christmas trees um, that could be donated to the goats after Christmas. So don't throw out your Christmas tree, bring it to Full Circle. And this gentleman pulled up in a truck and um, Andrew um, O'Donnell was still with us at the time. And I saw him chatting with this guy that got out of this huge truck with a Christmas tree. So I walked up to the front, I wanted to meet him. And he pulled out this Christmas tree. It still had all the lights and ornaments on it. And we were like, you probably didn't get what we were asking for. And he said, he was like, I heard you guys want Christmas trees, but I'm not really sure why. 
and um, we explained it. He hung out for a bit and uh, found out his name was Bubba. And he asked me, you know, what do you vegans eat? And, you know, do you, can you guys eat cake? Do you eat cake? And um, I entered back and forth with him for a bit and got his number. And he said, you know, if you guys need help, um, you know, give me a shout. I'm just down the road. And I texted him afterwards, thanked him for the, um, for the tree. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, you guys are doing God's work. You know, you, like, you guys are doing something good. I can tell. And, you know, you've got my support. And since then, Bubba has become the person that I call a couple times a week and say, you know, something's broken or, um, you know, how you doing? And he comes up to see us. And it's just evolved in such a beautiful way that a community that on the surface, it would look like our movement is very against them and very judgmental of them the way that we've been in, able to interact with them is beautiful and we're a family. And, um, you know, I consider Bubba and the folks that he's introduced us to, to be part of the family. Um, he introduced me to a gentleman named Herman, who is also somebody that I call constantly. And you would never expect if I had run into him on the street, I never would have thought, Hey, do you want to come to a vegan sanctuary? <laughs> But he's there all the time. He helps us with everything. And it's so amazing what people will help you with if you're kind and if you are being genuine in your work. It's just amazing. So um, I think that's something really unique at Full Circle is that um, we're, we've got such good unexpected friends. Um, it makes me really, really grateful for the community that we're in. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. And it also goes uh, kind of in support of what we were talking about earlier about uh, not, not jumping to judging people right away and leading by example, being kind to all beings, human or non-human animals. And and the, the fact that people can see your kindness from far away, regardless of what it is you're doing, if your heart is pure, the universe conspires to help you. That's so cool that you have the support of the community there as well. Yeah, we are so grateful because if you can't, if you can't um, be friends with your neighbors, you know, are you doing it the right way? And um, so I'm, that's re very reassuring to us that um, I think it can be, intimidating and tricky to be in a position where you know that your message is difficult for people to receive and that really tells us that yes this is the right way to do it just to be good and kind and open with people and invite them through the gates invite them through the front gates give them the information that you can in a kind way and they typically respond to it really well hmm. that's that's great advice i think for for all vegans and non-vegans, but anybody who's trying to communicate an idea. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the events that uh, you have coming up at Full Circle that people can either join or support or participate in any way? Okay, so I'll, I'll talk about the regulars first and then um, I am going to do a special announcement for our big fall event, uh, just for you, Tina. Um, so we have volunteer work days um, twice a month. So the first Saturday and third Sunday from 11 to 4, the volunteer work days offer the 
coolest way, I think, um, for you to really dive into that spirit of service for the residents and getting to know them. Um, we do a potluck and picnic afterwards, so we encourage folks to bring a favorite uh, vegan dish, and it's just a day of community, and it's hard work. Um, there's probably going to be poop involved, but, um, you know, it's a great way to disconnect. There's not great cell service at Full Circle, and you're going to be busy the whole day. It's just so rewarding, and I know you've done it um, quite a bit. Has your experience been like that? Is it a good way to unplug? And Oh, my God, yes. It's so much fun, and just, like, my, my most favorite part is hanging out with animals, too, but any kind of, like, work, playing around in the dirt or whatever, whatever it is, it's just, I don't know, it's so exciting because you feel like you're actually making a difference. Like, you're walking away after a few hours of work, and, like, there is there's something to show for it, like, either somebody's barn got cleaner or somebody got fed, and you, and you did it alongside of the individuals who are just, inspi- just as inspired and uh, excited about doing the work that they do. Yes, and I can't tell you how grateful we are when we um, have volunteers coming and giving their time, and most often, like you, driving a long way to experience that. And we're so grateful because we do. We see the results, and not only are we seeing the results, but we're also feeling that community leaning into us and um, doing this work with us. And I think it's so great to always feel a part of a team. And those are the days where we're like, yeah, this is, we're doing it. We're doing the good work. It is Um, totally worth it. Totally worth it. I encourage the listeners to go and check it out for themselves. Yes, please do. Please join us. Um, So then those are the work days um, for folks who are maybe newer to farm sanctuaries or full circle um, or just, uh, you know, want to come hang out with us, come to a free tour um, they're on the second Sundays and fourth Saturdays typically, but all of these dates are on our website. Um, and during the tour, you get the opportunity to walk all around the sanctuary, learn resident stories, but also learn the counter stories that are true in animal agriculture. So um, everything is very, um, it's like I said, delivered in a kind way. Um, Ricky leads our tours and just does a phenomenal job. And it's a great space to ask questions, to learn things that you didn't know before, but also to come face to face with these wonderful, um, beautiful animals that each one has a story and you get an insight into each of those stories. Um, And you leave with new friends, human and animal alike. And it's a great way to experience the sanctuary. So I encourage folks um, whenever schedules or opportunities allow volunteer work days tours are awesome ways to experience the sanctuary get to know us get to know the animals and most often uh make new friends can kids come to those absolutely so volunteer work days we actually started a series um for a family work days so we reduce our age um minimum a bit on those days and i am blanking on the lowest age right now but it's on our website Um, And then tours, of course, kids are welcome. Um, And I think I I adore it when I see little ones on the tours because they're they're so unbridled with their excitement. And um, it's so pure. And I think it helps the adults sort of take off some of the guard and say like, 
okay, yeah, you're right. It is really, really awesome that I'm playing with a chicken right now, you know? <laughs> I, I love seeing the kids on the tours, and they ask very honest questions that I, I really think it helps to simplify everything, you know? The kid says, so this is an animal that people eat sometimes? That's mean. And you're like, yeah, it is. It is mean. Um, so it's fun. But yes, we're family friendly. I love it. Okay. What are some of the events that are coming up? So the event, um, you heard it here first, Thanksgiving this year is Woo-hoo! on October 23rd. It's going to be amazing and it's going to be completely different. So have you been to one of our Thanksgiving's before? Okay. So it, it's always been awesome. It's been like a big potluck and everybody goes on a tour. But this year, we're changing it up completely. We're doing it bigger and better. Um, we are going to have Amy Berkman back. She was at our... <gasps> oh, my God. We just in- <laughs> I just interviewed her a few weeks ago. So that's going to be two episodes yeah. back for the listeners. That's amazing. She's coming back. That's awesome. Yes. Um, Courtney and I were actually driving back from the Animal Rights Conference. And we were like, what are we going to do for Thanksgiving this year? And the first thing I think that we thought of was we, we've got to get Amy back out there. And the cool thing is she's going to be painting around the animals. You know, we'll have the sanctuary as the setting for this beautiful painting that she does and this incredible art that she has to offer in just like this incredibly serene setting. So we're super pumped about that. Um, like I said, it's going to be completely different. The tour is going to be a lot different. It's going to be more like an open house. People will be able to sort of self-pace how they're um, learning about the residents, how they're going through that um, tour. And uh, we've got tons of volunteer support to really make sure that each guest is able to experience a little bit more than they have in the past. And uh, of course, we'll have good food. And we'll have silent live auctions, um, some giveaways, and also opportunities to give, of course, um, everything, every dollar that's going into a guest attending that event is going to go straight back to help the residents. Is your dad going to do the auction again? My dad is going to do the auction again. Yeah. I'm so- <laughs> <laughs> he was amazing. He was, I, he was, I was so a little nervous. nervous. <laughs> I was a little nervous to him on stage. <laughs> so for, for the listeners, um, Andy's dad was the, what is it called? The facilitator, I guess, of the auction for the- The full- auctioneer. Auctioneer. All right. He was the, the amazing <laughs> auctioneer for the full frame event that was- uh, I guess several months ago. I don't remember where when it was. It was anymore. back in May. Oh well, it seems I guess that's long ago. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's not that long ago. But yeah, it was another no. uh, fundraising, really, really fun event uh, in May where um, uh, who, Amy Berkman was there as well. Then we had Gray uh, speaking. Yep, Gray spoke and performed, and then the whole event was a photography showcase. So that's right. work of. Um, Daniel Turber of the Sentient Project, Cameron Osteen of Yoga Animalia, um, Tasha Fagundes, and uh, Keith May. So um, everybody loves pictures of sanctuary animals, and that event was just so fun to showcase all of their sweet faces. Yeah, and it was beautifully organized as always. You guys always do such an amazing job with events. Okay, uh, so I know I've taken tons of your time already. I'm I. I usually have a question that I close out with, but before that, I just want to see if there's anything else that uh, we, you wanted to mention that we haven't talked about. Um, 
I would say, you know, just in general, people are curious about how they can get involved um, in whatever capacity they're capable um, of with farm sanctuaries. And I would say this is probably true of all sanctuaries, but I'm speaking from the perspective of full circle. If you want to get involved, um, there's always a way. Of course, donations are incredibly important. We're a 501c3. We rely solely on the generosity of others to operate. So there are ways to give that are, you know, you can, maybe if you have five extra dollars here or there, you can donate, but also um, our Patreon platform is really cool. Um, if you join on Patreon for even just a couple dollars a month, um, you are able to get exclusive content, stories, pictures, videos of the residents before anyone else is able to see them. Um, you can also sponsor a resident. So if you fall in love with someone, if you feel really connected to someone, you can actually contribute directly to their care through animal sponsorships at Full Circle. All of that information is on our website. Um, we also have calendars coming out for 2020. So um, we're working with Bright Day Calendars. They have a rescue residence calendar. Um, every month we'll have a photo of a resident from Full Circle. And then we also have a vegan recipes calendar coming out. So if you're looking at holiday gifts, you can also give back to Full Circle that way. Um, but just as important as funding is having a team, having a family for Full Circle. So if you're able to come to a tour, if you're able to come to a work day, or if you're too far to get to the sanctuary on a regular basis, send us an email. If you have a hobby or a skill set or a desire to help in a way that isn't monetary or physical, you know, coming to our space, just chat with us. We love, love feeling connected to our supporters. And we've had so many creative opportunities that people say, hey, you know, this is a skill set that I have. It's kind of quirky, but like, do you have use for it? Of course we do. Um, we're so grateful that people are willing to give their time and their energy and their, even just their thoughts and ideas to us. We always want to connect with supporters. So, um, I, I think my message here is that, um, you know, there's always a way to be a part of this team, um, to be a part of this movement. And if we can help facilitate that, if there's a desire that you have, an idea that you have, just get in touch with us and, uh, we're just grateful to have support. I love that. I love that. Now we'll include all of the links in the show notes to make uh, it more convenient for people to access. Do you know when the tickets for the Thanksgiving are going on for sale? I don't have a specific date. We're going to put out um, save the date images this week. And then I would expect that folks can see tickets for purchase in the next few weeks. So keep an eye out on our social media. We'll make the announcement of the date that the sales will go live well before the actual live date. Um, so I would say keep an eye out for that. I'm hoping um, that we have a huge turnout because I think this is just gonna be um, a really exciting event. The more the merrier. Um, and we are so excited to, I hopefully, hopefully see you there. I plan for it. I hope to bring my Perfect. mom as well. I was just thinking of strategizing how I'm going to call her to get her in Atlanta. She lives in Charleston, South Carolina. So she really, she hasn't been to full circle yet, but I told her so much about it and she really wants to go. We just were not able to work it out yet, but I'm hoping to get her here on the Thanksgiving so she can be there as well with me. I'm sure she'd love it. Perfect. Well, we're always excited to see you um, and we'll be thrilled to see your mom. And uh, yeah, anybody that can join us that day is just going to be such a wonderful celebration. 
And what a wonderful idea to do it on Thanksgiving, right? Because I hear a lot, um, some of my friends, at least who are vegan, and maybe their whole family is not vegan yet or at the moment, or maybe they're against their beliefs, but what a wonderful way to create a safe space where people not only can have amazing food and feel a part of the family, but also contribute to something bigger than themselves. And I also absolutely love the name Thanks Living. This is amazing. Yeah, it's, um, I love that sanctuaries do this. It's such a, I think holidays can be really hard for folks that, especially if they've just transitioned. And this is a way to say, you know, no, this is the coolest thing I could be doing around the holidays. Like I had so much more fun and I ate so much food and it was delicious. And, um, you know, it was truly a celebration of life and being a community. Um, so I think that makes us even more excited for it is that the holidays are, you know, a very exciting and energetic time and we're able to put energy out there. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. Okay. So for the last question that, uh, and you probably expect what it is, <laughs> but the name of the podcast is follow your kind. So I really love exploring, uh, with the people I interview who are my heroes, uh, what kindness means to them and how they get to follow it in their daily life. So what is kindness to you? I love that you asked this question. Um, and the first time that I heard it, I was like, man, how would I define this? And, you know, I thought about it and had a different answer. I think every time I thought about it, but at where I am now, I think kindness is learning someone else's story and hearing someone else before you act. Um, and knowing, I think leaning into someone else, learning their story and being conscious of what their experiences really helps you tailor what your relationship should look like with them and how you can do something better um, for them. I think that's kindness. It's just being able to interact in a way that's, that's giving good energy and giving resources and help that you can provide that maybe they need in that moment. I love it. And I also love how it ties back to your um, kind of sense of curiosity and never stopping to ask questions. And again, that's come and going with an open mind and being curious, as you said before, instantly reacting as we're usually conditioned to do. Yes, yes. I, um, for better or for worse, I definitely um, am a curious person. And I think um, that's a journey that I will always be on. Like I said, it's easy with animals and sometimes it's a little bit harder with people to step back and say, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what their experience is. And um, I hope to grow in that to say, I don't know what their experience is, but maybe I can offer something um, that helps them in whatever moment they're in right now. That is so beautiful. Andy, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for all that you do, all of the amazing work uh, with Farm Sanctuary and beyond. I truly appreciate your wisdom, your kindness, and the time that you dedicated to having this conversation with me. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank you for giving this content to people and taking the time to share people's stories. We are all so grateful for you. I can't say that enough. You are doing incredible work. Everybody at Full Circle adores you and we hope to see you soon. Oh, I cannot wait as well. I hope to see you for Thanks Living for sure, but maybe earlier. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.